0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be talking about the apocalypse. I'm going to play for you a couple of minute segment from President Trump speaking this morning to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. And this is part of what he talked about, the apocalypse. And I think that it's not exactly talking about what we talk about. So we're going to talk about it today. Here's President Trump.
1: This is not a time for pessimism. This is a time for optimism. Fear and doubt is not a good thought process because this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them. And they want to see us do badly, but we don't let that happen. They predicted an overpopulation crisis in the 1960s, mass starvation in the 70s, and an end of oil in the 1990s. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country, or eradicate our liberty. America will always be the proud, strong, and unyielding bastion of freedom. In America, we understand what the pessimists refuse to see, that a growing and vibrant market economy focused on the future lifts the human spirit and excites creativity strong enough to overcome any challenge, any challenge by far.
0: Actually, I agree with what he just said. I do. I do. Look, let's talk about it for just a moment. He says, this is a time for tremendous hope and joy and optimism and action. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. Well, actually, I agree with that, except his understanding of the apocalypse, which is why we're going to talk about it today. I think that even though we are prophecy students, even though we are looking at something happening very soon in the next few years, possibly America falling and then the new world order, the world government coming in, at the same time, we have to live. We can't be thinking, okay, well, the end of the world is right around the corner. I can't do that. We have to continue to live. And I think that's very, very important for us to all remember. Continue to live and to plan as if it's not coming to a certain degree. It's kind of difficult to explain, but then we still have to understand it is coming, but we're going to try to delay it too. All right, let's go on with what he said. He says, they are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers. And I have them, you have them, we all have them, and they want to see us do badly. Well, that's not the prophecy students. The prophecy students wants to see the world do well and people around us to do well. And we want to, we're doing our best, the fast track team is, to pray away or to delay all of this judgment coming. We want to see good things. And he's not talking about us here, but let's go on. They predicted an overpopulation crisis in the 1960s, mass starvation in the 70s, and the end of oil in the 1990s. Yes, and I remember them doing all of that, but that's not us. That's not prophecy students. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. What he really should be calling them is really globalists. This is really the Khazarian Mafia, the deep state, the international bankers. That's the people he's really talking about, but he's referring to it wrong in terms of the apocalypse. Let's go on now. We'll never let the radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country, and eradicate our liberty. America will always be the proud, strong, and unyielding bastion of freedom in America. Now, hang on. I am glad to hear him say that he doesn't want to see radical socialists destroy our economy. We are a capitalistic nation, and the number one enemy of capitalism is communism. Or a friendly way. A socialist wants to bring in a communist state friendly, and a communist wants to bring in a communist state by weapons, by bullets. That's the only difference. But they're still heading in the same direction. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, all of those, in my opinion, those are all communists. That's where they're essentially heading. A nice name is a social democrat or a socialist. That's a kind name. But that's where they're really heading. They want to destroy our nation. That's their heart. They might not say it that way, but at least they're, in my opinion, I will say this. I do not think they're Christians. I do not think that they have the best interests of our nation at heart. That's the kindest way I can say it. But anyway, so he goes on to say, we'll never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country, eradicate uh, liberty, and America will always be the proud, strong, and unyielding bastion of freedom in America. Well, I'm all for that, too. I'd love to see us continue to be uh, America. I, I would love to get to heaven and say to Jesus, hey, how come the prophecy of Dimitri didn't come to pass? How come... Revelation eighteen, Jeremiah fifty fifty one, Isaiah thirteen. Why didn't those prophecies come to pass? And I would love to hear him say is because America cleaned herself up with the arrest, perhaps, or whatever it might be, and was able to continue until the very end. I would love to hear that. Now I doubt that's gonna happen, but that's what we're really working for. <laughs> we're not trying to bring doom and gloom. We're not trying to bring the destruction of our nation. It's just like Nineveh. If God had not raised up Jonah to go into Nineveh to stand on the street corners and preach that in 40 days God is going to destroy Nineveh, 40 days later God would have destroyed Nineveh. But because Jonah took a little ride in the belly of a fish got spit out on the beach, got his attention. He decided to go do what he was told to do. He stood and he preached in the streets of Nineveh. Forty days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And consequently, God did not destroy it in 40 days. Now, it did get destroyed 40 years later. But hey, I would love to think that we could give America another 40 years. I would love to think that we could delay. So actually, the prophecy student doesn't want to see these come. We don't see we, we want to see wealth, we want to see prosperity and we want to see good things. I mean I like going to restaurants. I like the, the nice things of this life just like you do. And I want to see those continue. But I also like righteousness. And if we want to have the blessings of a Christian, a righteous nation, then we have to be a Christian righteous nation. What is happening is is we, we have to pray these things away to the very... We have to stand in the gap. Like the, the, the Bible says that I looked for someone to stand in the gap. I couldn't find anybody, so I had to bring the judgment. Well, let it be said that prophecy students are standing in the gap. We, we don't want to see this judgment come. But because we don't want to see it come, we are warning people it has been stated And part of the prophecy was that the judgment has been set, that if America will repent, then they will see the trouble coming. If America doesn't repent, she won't see the trouble coming. Well, right now, I don't see any repentance in America. I don't see any sports stadiums filled with people weeping and falling on their face and giving their heart to Jesus. I don't see any of that. I don't see the churches filling up. I don't see the repentance. So at this point, I'd have to say we're still marching towards a judgment. Now, we're going to pray. We're going to see that the watchman is America's best chance to delay the judgment. You folks listening you are the best chance for America to get a delay. We've got a couple of delays. I'd like to see us get several more. I don't want to see this come. I'm afraid it's going to come. It's probably going to come in our lifetime, but I don't want to see it. And that's the real heart. That's the reason we're really not doom and gloom people. We really aren't. Matter of fact, we, we love America. We love Jesus. We want to see things do well. We want to see the blessings. And the way we get to the blessings is by pointing out evil and letting people know that God has said this. All right, let's, let's go on. He says, we'll never let the radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our nation, or eradicate our liberty. America will always be the proud, strong, and unyielding bastion of freedom in America. We, stay, we understand what the pessimists refuse to see, that a growing and vibrant market economy focused on the future lifts the human spirit and excites creativity strong enough to overcome any challenge. Well, again, I I love that. That's what I want. Okay, so now let's go back to the main point of today. He's talking about the apocalypse, the doom, the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. So that's the question of today. What is the apocalypse? Well, the short answer is it refers to the last seven years, it's also called the tribulation. It's also called Daniel's 70th week. But let's look specifically at how this fits in. Let's go to Daniel chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, now here's the important part. I saw in my vision by night, behold, four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea and four great beasts came up out of the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, that's England, and had eagle's wings. That's America coming out of England. In my opinion, this is only written this way to identify America. So at this point, it's talking about America. England is not referenced here except just the eagle comes out of England or the eagle comes out of the lion. I beheld till the wings there were plucked. I used to think before I memorized this, I used to think that that was talking about the fall of America. That's not correct. When a person begins, at least what I've noticed, when I start memorizing the scriptures, I start seeing deeper into the scriptures, I get a deeper understanding. And so here's the change in my understanding of this. And by the way, as we grow in the Lord and as we learn more about Him and more about His scriptures, We do change, and that's kind of progression. I mean, that's we're supposed to. We're supposed to be always learning and growing, and so there's nothing wrong with us getting new and better opinions and understandings. That's a good thing. Okay, anyway, let me back up. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings there were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. What that's saying is, I rose up, America. America was not going to be one of these great kings, but she did. I lifted it up by the wings, lifted it up from the earth, made it stand upon feet as a man. That's mean I made it a nation. And behold, another beast, a second like to a bear. That's Russia. And it raised up itself on one side. And Russia is stronger on the west side by far than she is on the east side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. Well, I talked to Stanislav Lunev, and he told me, he said, Stan, you have to understand, the whole point of Russia is to destroy America. That's why Russia was created back in the, what is it, 1917 revolution. And so when it says it had three ribs and mouth of it, we're going to see the Russian bear as the end times pursue and come on. Yes, I know she's already destroyed a lot of flesh. But you watch. You're going to see in the rise of Russia, when she comes into her fruition as part of the world government, you will see her overcome three nations. That's three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And a rise to my or much flesh. The Russians have already killed a lot of people, but I think that the people that they have killed is pale in comparison to what is coming in the future. After this, I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard. Now, we've talked about this. If you print A map of where the leopards live, print a map of where the Muslims live, overlay the maps. You see they're almost exact. Then if you look at the way the leopard lives and fights, you'll find out that that's exactly the way the Muslims live and fight. Leopards tend to live in caves. Muslims tend to live in caves. Leopards don't like fighting, fighting face to face. They run to fight another day. And that is actually one of the Muslims' mottos, run to fight another day like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. That's saying that the leopard will be made up of four nations. And the beast had also four heads, meaning each one of those four nations will have a ruler, and dominion was given to it. So power is given to this, even though these four nations aren't necessarily a nation, they're made to be a nation. So watch for four nations that'll have four heads, that will cooperate, work together, and have dominion. And I do not think that that's in place now, but with this thing with Malaysia and Turkey and Iran coming together, that may very well be the rise of the third beast. Now, here's the apocalypse. We're about to get to the apocalypse. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. There's the world government. This is going to be the world government rising. And behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, And it had great iron teeth. That means it's coming out of the EU or the Roman Empire. And it devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. Now, that's saying that there's going to be a world government and this fourth world government is going to destroy all of the other nations. It's going to break them in pieces. There's no more going to, Remember I read yesterday about the guy's vision. He said, the United States, if you as, as you have known it, has ceased to exist. All property lines are dissolved and the dollar is worthless. When it says devoured and break in pieces, that's all property lines. All national sovereignty property lines are all gone. He breaks the whole world into pieces. In other words, he sets up a whole world government where there is no more nations. There is no more nationality. It's all world government, world currency, world government, world religion. Everything is one world under his feet. And that's what he does. He stamps residue with the feet of it. Now, I'm about to tell you something. Just last night, as I was refreshing my memory on this and working on memorizing Daniel. So there I've I've told you, I'm working on memorizing Daniel now. I got a new understanding. I got a revelation I'm even keeping track of my revelations as I go through this one now. And it says, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Now, a lot of years I've been teaching and studying this, but I got a new understanding where it says it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. Now, it'll take a whole 30-minute program for me to explain that word diverse. But the short answer is, it's, when it says it's diverse, it means that it is not of iron, it is not of human, it is not in God's image, but this guy, this beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit and goeth into perdition, he is going to be alien. Yeah, I mean, not if we say alien, we think about these flying saucers. But you have to understand the Bible clearly says he ascendeth out of the bottomless pit and goeth into perdition. And, go and explaining tradition will get me off track there too. It's saying that this fourth world government, the world government, is going to be ruled by the Antichrist or the beast. And I believe he's going to be half man, half fallen angel, or half man, half alien. He is not going to be. And then, of course, he creates the image, or he has mankind create the image, image of the beast. And the image would speak in both causes, Many as would not worship the image of the beast, should be killed. So it's going to be, that's the reason it's diverse. It's not human. It's not ruled by humans. Just like the quantum computer is off-world galactic technology. Benevolent off-world people helping us. Yeah, right. No, it's alien technology. Let's go on. And it had ten horns. So that's saying that, and you tie this in with Revelation 13, where they divide the seven continents into ten global regions. Now, here's the important part you got to get if you want to understand this. So they divide the seven continents into ten global regions. Each global region has a ruler. The ruler is signified by a horn. So when you hear horn, think king or think ruler, okay? I considered the horns. So this is Daniel looking. He is now looking at the world government formed. They have now divided the seven continents, into 10 global regions, each global region has a horn, has a ruler. So he's now looking at the world government. This is really, really, really important. So it's saying, what it's about to say is, you will not see the Antichrist, you will not see the beast, until there is a world government formed. And he's going to come up during that world government. Watch. I considered the horns, and behold, it came up among them another little horn. That's the Antichrist before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots, meaning there's a world government, 10 global regions, each global region having a ruler. And then among them, once the world government is formed, then the Antichrist comes up and in his rise, he defeats three of the other horns. So like in a big war, he will defeat all of the these other three rulers, these regional rulers. And in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man. So he's saying, yes, he's a ruler, but he is also a man, and a mouth speaking great things. A mouth speaking great things. Well, that's right out of Revelation too. And he has given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth. I'm quoting Revelation here. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme His name, His tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. So what this is saying, this is the rise of the apocalypse. The apocalypse is the last seven years. And in those seven years, there will be a world government. In the last three and a half years of the world government, the beast is allowed to conquer and to rule over the whole world. Go on. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. So it means that when Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation, That's when all these other thrones, all of these other kingdoms, all of them, everything on earth is all cast down. And the ancient of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head was like the pure wool. This is the father. And his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousand ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. That means no one else falls away. He that is unjust is unjust still. He that is holy is holy still. The judgment is set. The books are open. That happens on trumpets, and then again ten days later for uh, atonement for those people that are not in Jesus. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words. This is an important part. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words, which the horn spake. I'll read it again. Let that let that resonate in your bones to understand what's going on. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words, which the horn spake. This is Daniel is seeing the Antichrist and the mouth that he has, and how he is able to speak great swelling words. And like Ken Peters said in his dream, he said, I found myself being pulled into this man, that his words were were like grasping me, pulling me in, and the whole world was believing him. He is going to have such words, amazing words, and he's going to speak against the Most High. So when he says, I beheld then So this is, this is Daniel seeing the vision. This is, so the vision is completed. The judgment was set. The books are open. Now, he says, so in this vision, he considered what he had just seen. And the thing out of this whole vision, these four beasts that really shocked him the most was the great words which the horn spake. Now, way we'd say it is the great words which the Antichrist spoke. Then it goes on and said, I beheld even till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Notice his soul is not destroyed because that's perdition. Perdition is when the beast, the false prophet Lucifer, and those people that take the mark of the beast, they are cast into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. They are tormented day and night forever and ever and ever and ever. And they do not get soul death. However, his body, it clearly says his body is destroyed and given to the burning flame. Well, his body is destroyed, but his soul goes into perdition, the Bible says. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. That's the nations. That is the people that, for without our dogs and sorcerers and murderers and whoremongers and whosoever loveth and maketh alive, meaning that those people that did not take the mark of the beast But they didn't receive Jesus either. They are the corners that are not harvested. They're allowed to live up to 1,000 years. But at what time they sin, a morning star judge shows up, hits them with the morning star, which is the light sword, and they fall to the ground in a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. That's what he's saying. As concerning the rest of the beasts, these are the people that didn't take the mark, but didn't receive Jesus either. Again, they weren't harvested. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. They no more had any more power on earth, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus, came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, that's the Father. And they brought him near before him, that is the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, this is out of order. The Marriage Supper of the Lamb actually takes place about four months before Jesus returns. That's the reason my book is so important, because you can put things in their proper order, things out of order, and it gets all jumbled up and you can't understand it. And they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. That's at the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Now, there's more to the chapter, but that's the point. The point is, when President Trump is talking about the apocalypse and these predictions, he's really talking about the international bankers, the deep state, the Khazarian mafia, these evil, evil, evil people like Jeffrey Epstein, evil, evil, evil that we can't even understand, that do child sacrifice and sex trafficking. Unbelievable evil it's saying these perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse they're saying that the world keeps trying to fall uh, apart. Well, the prophecy students we're really not trying to say doom and gloom as much as we're trying to warn people this has been prophesied, and if we don't do something about praying it away and trying to get people saved, it'll come just like Jonah. I mean really, in the Bible, Jonah's one of the the most powerful and the best prophets. Because he was able to save the people. He saved Nineveh. Think about it. Jonah was used to save Nineveh. And I believe that that is what God is doing right now with Prophecy Club people. You folks listening right now, I believe that God has called you, called you to be a part of these last days to give an answer. There's going to be a lot of people that are really, really hurting. And it may happen this year. Maybe. Maybe we can pray it away. Maybe we can get enough people warm. Maybe we have more time. I don't know. But I can tell you this, I'm called to raise up an army of prophecy teachers walking and working in sevenfold miracles. And if you want to be a part of it, you have to be trained. You can't just be a, a loose cannon out here. You got to be trained. And to be trained, what you do is get yourself to the sevenfold miracle crusade. Leslie is going to walk through her school of the prophets and she's going to help. She's going to anoint you and pray that God will give you a prophetic anointing and you will get a gift. In the spirit that you do not have right now. Let me say it again. You will get a gift in the spirit that you do not have right now. That is, unless some of the prophet has laid hands on you and anointed you for you to receive that prophetic anointing. And once you get that anointing, you're going to be able to hear the voice of God better dreams, visions, angel visits. You'll know how to walk and work in sevenfold miracles. You'll be a part of the great soul winning machine. Look, there's probably more people going to get saved between now and the return of Jesus than was saved between now all the way back to the birth of Jesus, simply because there's more people alive. And if you want to be a part of that, then you have to get trained. And that's the point and the purpose of the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. Now, a couple of things I recommend you do. One is you need to get and read and study my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, so that you'll know how to teach accurate prophecy. Second, get my book, Miss the Mark, so that you'll understand that the most important thing on the earth is not to take the mark of the beast, And then go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and get signed up to be a part of the crusade. The most important warning on earth is don't take the mark of the beast. In my new book, Miss the Mark, Don't Take the Mark of the Beast, it is written so simply that even the least informed person, even people from other faiths, will never take the mark once they read this book. God showed me the difference between the mark and the number of his name, understanding Christians are the Antichrist's primary targets. It exposes nine deceptions, so perfect and powerful, if it were possible, it would deceive even the very elect. The nine deceptions are archaeology, skyline, QFS, rapture, creation, miracles, alien revelation, superhumans. Don't get one for $20. Instead, we offer them in shrink-wrapped sets of 10. One set of 10, $25. Two, Four sets, $60 at ProphecyClub.com. Miss the mark, don't take the mark of the beast at ProphecyClub.com. You can have instant access to over 200 titles on a recurring monthly subscription of $20 or yearly for $200 at WatchProphecyClub.com.